hardest thing for a leader manager is to say no. We and many companies have great ideas, but not everyone's the best idea or the best use of your time or resources. So you need to be deliberate and say no to either adding too many topics, stretching yourself too far, uh, doing too many different types of promotions. Really be deliberate and brutal in what really works best and then focus your time and investments there. And that's a learning process, whether it's doing A-B testing on invites or finding out the best way to nurture the follow-up. Those are things we continue to learn, but we should be stopping as many or more things as we're starting. Hello and welcome. I'm Rob Levitt and you're listening to C-Suite Marketing, expert conversations on executive engagement. C-Suite Marketing is brought to you by our friends at Boardroom Insiders, a business intelligence platform that makes executive engagement easier than ever. Learn more at boardroominsiders.com. Learn more about this podcast at itsma.com. You'll find today's show notes, other episodes of C-Suite Marketing, and all sorts of other research and insight on executive engagement. And please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Now for today's show. I'm here today with EJ Bodner, Global CXO Leader at Nutanix. EJ, welcome. Rob, hello. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. Thanks, EJ. Really looking forward to the conversation. Let's get started. Just cover the basics. So tell us about just your role as global CXO leader and the scope of executive engagement programs and activity at Nutanix. Glad to. So Rob, Nutanix is a hyper-converged infrastructure provider. Uh, we are a company that was founded in 2009, went IPO in 2016, have experienced some hyper-growth since then. Yeah. So my role at Nutanix, I'm privileged to lead the global CXO function where we focus on C-level audiences. And the intent and objective is to build relationships with these critical C-suite executives, primarily CIOs, but also CTOs, CEOs, uh, CFOs, folks in the C-suite, and to develop relationships in a community with these folks. And the objective is for us to further our relationships and actually help us to drive deeper engagement within those accounts. As I mentioned, Nutanix, we've had hyper growth, great success. We have great technology, we feel, and we've had great success selling at the IT leader department, VP of IT, et cetera. Like many companies that are you know, interested in maintaining that hyper growth, continuing to grow our revenues, we know it's imperative that we develop relationships with the C-suite, make sure we understand what their concerns are, and tailor our solutions, our offerings, and our messaging for that critical C-suite audience. Perfect. And... And this is a new role, right? This is a new role, a new program. It is, it is. So I've been in the role, boy, about a year or so, but it is new for Nutanix. As I mentioned, we've had great success selling our technology into enterprise companies around the world. We have over 15,000 customers, which consist of many large global accounts, as well as you know smaller enterprise and SMB accounts. But the role itself to focus exclusively or primarily on the C-level is new for us. We wanted to put more wood behind that arrow, so to yeah. speak, and make sure that our technology and our offering is relevant and a good fit for those business outcomes that the C-suite are looking for. 
So you mentioned 15,000 customers. Are you trying to reach all of them or is this program more focused and targeted, you know, on maybe top tier or, you know, high target, uh, high potential customers? What's the kind of scope of focus for you? Great, great question. I'd say our primary focus for my role and our team's role is on the G2000. So the 2000 largest public companies, of course, you can get more granular and say Fortune yeah. 500, but I'd say the largest public enterprise companies in the world, they're the ones who have the complex infrastructure needs that our solutions really are a good fit for. So that's where we're focusing our efforts. Okay. And so combination of, because you've got some of those, I'm sure already as customers and then a lot of prospects as well. Absolutely. So we have a mix. We're, we're fortunate and privileged to work with some of the largest enterprises and companies in the world, but others um, haven't, haven't yet engaged in a relationship with us. So we're actively trying to do that. Great. So it's reinforcing and elevating with some existing and then reaching out and connecting with, with new. Absolutely. Excellent. So what's the kind of the overall strategy of your program? How are you going at this? Again, you're inventing it, you know, so how did you kind of think about the overall approach? So the approach is we're being very deliberate in that when we engage with the C-level, we want to do it in the language, in the manner, in the approach that's important to them and how they'll receive it well. So while technology is an important part of the equation, equally important are the business outcomes, how we help them with their business challenges, whether it's driving revenue, uh, being more efficient in their operations, uh, consolidating data centers. So our engagement with them is making sure we understand what their business needs are first, and then engaging with them in a manner that's really optimized for their busy schedules and how they like to receive information, how they like to engage with vendors or partners such as us at a high level. So obviously it's a competitive space, um, both at the business level. I mean, you know, you, you've got some, as you say, really great technology. We've been extremely impressed with Nutanix and, and how successful you've been, but there's only so many CIOs in the global 2000 and uh, your competitors and a lot of other tech and other companies are going after them. So how do you stand apart? How do you, as you say, make it worth their while to take a, a little bit of time out of their extremely busy schedules when everybody else is uh, going after them with all kinds of interesting opportunities. One way I would term is trying to break through the noise, Rob. And to do that, how we approach them is not on a bits and bytes or a technology or speeds or feeds. It's what are your business problems? What are the topics that may be of interest? What are your challenges? For example, let me talk about a masterclass. It's, a, it's an education or executive education series of events focused on thought leadership topics that we feel in research and customer validation has shown are important to them. Those are topics that include things like digital disruption, which is very relevant now with yeah. COVID, we're all experiencing in our personal professional lives. Authentic leadership is another topic, cybersecurity and DevOps. So to that approach, we say, we'd like to engage with you to talk about on a peer-to-peer -peer level, and it's not just us who engage, we bring in other C-level executives to share their stories, their insights, their learnings, their failures, and how that is relevant for other C-level executives who are facing similar challenges. So again, we don't lead with technology, we'll lead with an educational approach. The masterclass, for example, I'll give you a pre-COVID yeah, and a post-COVID. Right, right. We've rolled that out in over 20 locations across the globe. It's a full day class. It's taught by a leading university, actually Columbia University, which is a global university. Yeah. And we sponsor and host it 
but we don't talk in great depth about Nutanix technologies and products. That's a later discussion. Instead, we wanna talk about digital disruption, how it's impacting them, how technologies, and now how COVID have upended all their organizations and how they're trying to adapt. So we talk about that and we give them provocative, insightful, leading edge um, experiences from their peers and other, other leading thinkers in that space. Okay, so that's, I'm assuming that's pre-COVID because you're talking about getting people together for a full day. Yes, that is pre-COVID. So the ingredients that I'm hearing are educational approach, esteemed academic, you know, Columbia University, so an interesting partner that you're bringing in and a peer group approach. So you're bringing in multiple CIOs so they can also meet, network and learn from each other, right? That's correct. And just uh, expand on the peer aspect, so yeah. within the audience, it's C-level and senior executives, but we also bring in what are called mentors. These are current successful CIOs, CEOs, and others. So we bring them in and there's a session where they speak to the audience. What are the challenges they've dealt with and are dealing with? There's the opportunity to ask questions. So the attendees interact, but we also bring in leading instructors and leading C-level executives who also are part of the curriculum and class. It's a formalized or institutionalized approach to it. So as we go around the world, we'll bring in local executives, be it in Singapore, India, yeah. Europe, people who are currently in the role or have recently been in the role so they can share those, those experience. That's more of the peer engagement. Great, I just wanted to take it apart a little bit because you know we do a lot of research on what works in reaching executives and kind of marketing and working at C-suite level. And so education, absolutely. Thought leaders, absolutely. Yes. And peers, you know, they want to learn and network with their peers and build those kind of relationships as well as with you. So you're, you're hitting a lot of the buttons. Yeah. Uh, we deliberately say this is not your typical sales or marketing event. Obviously, we're sponsoring it. We're interested yeah. in developing a relationship. But that's not about this meeting this day or this two hour, yeah. you know, session if, as we shifted to, um, to webinar format. It's about addressing thought leadership topics and giving them actionable insights. Great. Okay, so I want to stick with the with the pre-COVID for another minute or two. So one big initiative, this masterclass initiative, again, educational, peer learning. Um, I'm guessing you've got some other activities and connection points and outreach work that you're doing as a part of the overall CXO program, right? Yes, I can give you two examples. Yeah, One is our right. CXO Focus community. It's a website, but it's more than that. It's an aggregation of articles, videos, uh, thought leadership papers, analyst perspectives, yeah. customer viewpoints on these hot topics. Again, we don't profile necessarily Nutanix technologies and products. If some of those leaders or successful executives are using it, they can talk about it. It's more about the topics and business challenges behind it. In addition, we just kicked off a new series, Rob, called the Cloud Council. And this is an interview format where we'll bring in leaders, one or two people, put them on a panel, and then they're moderated by a Nutanix executive. So we'll ask some questions relevant to the challenges. For example, yesterday we just did Cheryl Connolly, who's a futurist. It's on everyone's mind. What does the future hold? The future of work, the future of society. So we'll bring in those thought leadership, those provocative thinkers and visionaries, and just have that high-level, C-level discussion. Excellent. All right, let's talk about, again, one more thing on, on pre-COVID, and, we'll, sure. and then we'll shift. What was hard 
you know, what was what was hard about this? Again, let's leave aside this massive change and disruption that we're all dealing with. Um, but before that, again, you know, you've been at this for a year or two, getting the program up and running, some great kinds of activities. What were the toughest parts of it? Yeah, so in the pre-COVID, so the physical masterclass, for example, that we did, yeah. it was actually getting the C-level to attend for a full day. So yeah. it was quite an investment of time. And what we found out is we absolutely engaged our sales reps because our global account managers, enterprise account managers have relationships or we're trying to get relationships. Yep. So we would arm them with invitations, the appropriate messaging, that they had a reason to call on these C-level executives. And I had a number of people who attended our in-person session pre-COVID, and I said, why did you come? What was it? And oftentimes it was the non-salesy marketing approach. They wanted to hear from a leading university such as Columbia, a yep. best-selling author such as Mike Robbins, um, cybersecurity, another topic that's very important. So they wanted to... Uh, attend and better themselves, further their career, as well as help their organization. So the hook in those cases were the fact that we were deliberately not trying to sell them technology or products. We were really trying to help them deal with some very uh, challenging business and IT issues. We'll be back after a very quick break. Enjoying the podcast? Want to learn more about C-Suite marketing? Send us a comment and we'll add you to a drawing to win a copy of my colleague Bev Burgess's book, Executive Engagement Strategies, How to Have Conversations and Develop Relationships that Build B2B Business. Okay, now back to the show. Now let's talk about the shift. You know, in general, we know that a lot of the most effective executive engagement programs are in person. They are face to face. And you've described from Nutanix perspective, the kinds of things you were doing. So what happened? You know, how have you made this shift? Yeah, so what's interesting, there's a lot of learnings, right? So mm -hmm. I've been uh, privileged to participate in some of the forums you've led on discussions like this as well as others. So we're all still learning, quite yeah, frankly. For sure. But one of the one of the things we found is we still relied on our sales reps to help deliver the personal invitation. So even though we're going more digital, more virtual, more online, that does not get rid of the need for a sales force. In fact, you can argue it needs to be a tighter sales and marketing engagement. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're finding. Of course, we do do digital promotions, LinkedIn ads and other things as well. But that sales connection is still very important. What we had to do is we knew it would be very difficult, if not impossible, to get a C-level to attend a full-day event. So for our master class, we took a full-day event. Virtually, you mean. Right. Yeah. Well, virtually. Thank you. What we did, Rob, is take that full-day in-person event and truncated it or condensed it down to two hours. Yep. So we lost some elements. We had to be very disciplined. And as you know, as a leader and a manager, the hardest thing is what do you say no to? Absolutely. But yep. we did get it down to the uh, two hours and our response has been phenomenal. What's interesting, Rob, is once you break through the noise and people register, mm -hmm. our actual attendance is quite good, well over 60%. Wow. So with, with in-person events, we saw 50, sometimes more, sometimes less. People would register, but their lives would get busy and they couldn't oh, attend. And it's a whole day. <laughs> exactly. 
But yeah. with the two-hour event, and granted, some are enraptured and listening to every word. Some are also multitasking. But we found that once they register, we get a very high hit rate of attendance, mm -hmm. and the response has been phenomenal. So they're engaging. They're asking questions verbally or through chat. And we are, I'm proud to say, able to develop that community, the intimate feeling, even though it's a virtual environment. No, that's great. And I, I'm wondering, are you from that? So you've been at that a couple of months now. Correct. Is it making you think different longer term? Yes. So I think it's not an either or. I think it'll be an and. It's interesting. As, we, as we've hosted these virtual masterclasses uh, to a T, both the local field as well as our customers say, we'd love to have you come visit us again in person. So I don't think that personal relationship or in-person relationship will go away. We may not shake hands for a while. Right. Um, we may not get there for a while, but right. that's still going to be a part of it. That said, it is a shift in our marketing mix. We're doing more on digital, creating platforms, mm -hmm. uh, creating, we talked about virtual backgrounds and the like. So yes, a good part of our marketing mix will shift to that, but I'm hopeful and optimistic, and I think it'll bear out that we will go back to in-person events, engagements, and relationships as well. Okay. Now, is the content different? Are the experts or attendees different? You know, like the format obviously is different. It's much tighter. For our established class, like Masterclass, it was really pretty much the same content. We condensed it down to two hours, dropped yeah. some of the segments that we would do in person, but the content, the delivery, the instructor were the same. On new things though, yes, we have adopted. I mentioned Cloud Council, that's sort of new since COVID. So there we are, well, obviously picking topics that are very relevant for today, work from home, future work, you know, disruption, et cetera. Right. Um, and that content's creating new, so that is new, but we're constantly testing things. What would work, do videos work? I mean, we've all been on uh, virtual classrooms or webinars where the video just didn't work. So we're selective yeah. on that. So yeah. we're sort of figuring it out as we go, but yeah. it's a mixture, I guess I'd say. Yeah. You mentioned EJ early on about working even closer with sales. I'm curious about that. Tell me a little bit more about how that sales relationship maybe is evolving. Yeah. So what's interesting is, and salespeople are very busy and every healthy organization needs it. So I guess it's interesting. They're, they have so many options now, right, as far as what they can offer their customers, what they can talk mm -hmm. about. So I've spent a lot of time not selling them on the benefits of developing and engaging at the C-level, but basically sharing the history and the experience and the success we've had. Mm -hmm. So And then arming them with information they need. And quite frankly, they're a great source of feedback as far as how we can better engage and reach and deliver it. So they've come up with a lot of good examples how we can do it. One example, it seems obvious, but is having a local country executive come in and set some context or introductory mm -hmm. comments two, three minutes at the introduction of an event, especially when we've aggregated people from certain areas. Another learning we have where we work closely with sales is even though a webinar, the technology can go worldwide, what we're trying to do, Rob, again on the masterclass is yeah. focus in on an area. This week we did Switzerland at over 25 C-level engagements, primarily from Switzerland. So we could have a local executive come in, yes. actually do local language introductions, set context, what's happening in the local market, what is Nutanix doing there? And then we go into our broader discussion there. That's, I love that. That's really interesting, EJ, because a lot of the discussions I'm having and that we're having 
are about, oh, now you can be global. You're not restricted to location. And so you can bring all kinds of people together that uh, was a lot tougher before. And obviously you can see the value of that, but I love this idea of you know, reinforcing the local connections and local network, even though it's virtual. It'll probably make it a whole lot easier to then pick up in person when things loosen up. And yeah, and one of the things, that, Rob, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of is that for our virtual engagements, one of the things we ask at the end is, hey, was this a valuable use of your time? Usually 100% are pretty close, say yes. And then we say, would you like a follow-up meeting with Nutanix? Not hard selling. Yeah. Our, our hit rate on that is very, very high, That's higher than we usually get in in-person events. Part of that is the intimate approach we take. Part of it's the content, but it's, it's demonstrated you can still connect and develop those deeper or new relationships using a very uh, targeted, intimate approach with C-Level. No, that's great. And actually, that, that's a good segue into my next question, which is really about the relationship development process. Uh, because you know, you're doing great programs and you're bringing in sales to work with and, and others, and including partners and, and so on. But building a relationship, you know, the, the events you're doing are moments in time. And so there's a lot that leads up to it. And then there's obviously a lot to continue. And I'm wondering, is that process different? Are you thinking differently about that relationship development process? Who does what? What kinds of measurements? What kinds of activities to get from, you know, we get you in the room, so to speak, even if it's virtual, but that's a step. We want to follow up meeting. We want to begin to talk about solutions. Right. I mean, is there a different nurture process or relationship development process now? There is. For the C-level, we've been very deliberate in how we do the customer journey or the nurture or the follow-up. So mm -hmm. one of the things we've been adamant about is, and I'll compare and contrast with a typical marketing event, of which we and every company does, and we do a very good job. Yep. Typically, as you get engagement at the larger, more salesy marketing events, um, those are then funneled into, for example, SDRs, sales development right. reps who do follow up, further yeah. assess, are you interested? Fine. And then that nurture, and then they hand it off to a, uh, an account executive for following. What we do though, Rob, any C-level attendee or executive attendee, one of our events, we do not put that into the SDR nurture. That's given just to the global account manager or the account executive yeah. with very detailed information, who attended, what we talked about, Here's information you can use in the follow-on. So we want a peer-to-peer uh, -peer engagement, not only in our activities, but the follow-up from sales to so our account executives, global account managers, who are executives, then can engage with the right context, information, and material to do so. No, that's great. Sorry uh, about that. Oh, no problem. Uh, we're all working. <laughs> um, Tell me a little bit about the enablement part of this. So, you know, you've built these new programs, you're working closely with sales, but it's different for them. It's a different, um, you know, there's a different mix now. They've got other programs and capabilities that they can bring people to, but you also need to help them to help you and to help their customers take advantage of them. So what have you done on the enablement side? Yeah, great question. One of the things we realized is it's not enough for us just to engage with the C-level appropriately, which we hope we're doing, but mm -hmm. for the follow-on, meaning the broader marketing team, as right. well as our sales reps, how do they engage? So we've been very deliberate in setting up internal training for our sales and marketing 
what's important to a C-suite? How does a CIO think? What is important to him or her? How should you message or engage? Where do they gather information? How do they do their research? And quite frankly, props to ITSMA, you folks are brilliant in providing us with information where they get their information, how they go about their research and journey. So we arm our sales folks with that. So it's not enough just to engage with the customer from a marketing or program perspective. It also has to be done as follow-up from sales. And that that applies to customer success and every touch point we have within our company. That actually gets to one of, often one of the toughest challenges with executive engagement, which is the orchestration question because you've got a whole sales group that's trying to build relationships with folks. You're running a set of programs. The rest of marketing is often touching or trying to connect with executives. Your own executives are trying to build relationships. You want to have a consistent experience. You want to be high quality at every touch. You want to make sure you're turning off some of the noise that's not relevant. So how are you managing that coordination process? Yeah, so we do a very tight interlock with our field, which is both field marketing and and sales, people field sales. Mm -hmm. So for example, the nurture after a masterclass or other C-level engagement, we have a very deliberate or specific conversation. Here's how we want to engage. Now, normally we'll take the lead, we'll send out the after class invite or uh, follow up, which has the slides, other resources. But sometimes salespeople say, I'd like that to come from us or the individual sales rep. So we'll have that deliberate discussion and then coordinate accordingly. So it's really one hand knowing what the other is doing. As far as tracking things like um, follow-up meetings, ultimately influence and touch pipeline, those things, um, we gather those reports and then share it with obviously our other stakeholders, sales, marketing, leadership, et cetera. Great. All right. So a few minutes left. I want to do a couple of quick hit questions. First, just what are you proudest of? What you know, again, you built this great program. What stands out? Yeah, great question. Have I I've asked a question when I've interviewed people? I should have been ready for this. <laughs> um, I think the deepening relationships we've developed with the C level, new relationships, but also deepening. I take great pride when the comments come back, best class I've ever had, uh, best experience you've helped me and my organization or you've helped my career to get further. So it really is the people aspect, knowing that we're making an impact, not only for our company, but ultimately we as Nutanix will be successful if we help our customers be successful. And I've seen sort of the lights go on, the eyes open up, the engagement and the follow-up feedback that said what we were talking about, what we were arming them with has really worked. Actionable insights. That's great. That's great. All right. So I'm not going to ask you about the scars that you have, (laughs) but give me a few lessons learned along the way. Yes. Um, (laughs) Don't try to do too much and and be selective. I think I mentioned earlier, the hardest thing for a leader manager is to say no. We and many, many companies have great ideas but not everyone's the best idea or the best use of your time or resources. So you need to be deliberate and say no to either adding too many topics, stretching yourself too far, uh, doing too many different types of promotions, really be deliberate and brutal in what really works best and then focus your time and investments there. And that's a learning process, whether it's doing A-B testing on invites or finding out the best way to nurture the follow-up. Those are things we continue to learn, but we should be stopping as many or more things as we're starting. And we're still learning that as probably many companies are. Yeah, no, that's great. 
All right. So looking ahead, you mentioned you've got this cloud council, I think, as a yep. new initiative. Anything else on the horizon, you know, a year from now, two years from now, when you want to look back and say, oh, yeah, we built, you know, some of the next big steps. Yeah, one of the things we have, it's called the dot next leadership experience or the Nutanix leadership experience. And that's a larger forum. Those are forums where basically we have over 100 attendees. Now, the plan was to bring those folks in and we actually did that pre-COVID. But now the next big thing is how do we develop a community intimate feeling with 100 or 200 C-level people? It's a real challenge. So we can probably get them there, but how do we have the interactive dialogue? How do they feel they're part of an intimate community, that their voice is being heard, and that we give them actionable insights? It has to be a two-way dialogue or a multiple-way dialogue, no. not just us presenting slides. Um, so that's what we're looking at. Um, we, like everyone else, have canceled our in-person events, but we're shifting now to those broader uh, Nutanix leadership experience, and that's what we're focused on now, getting the right uh, speakers, thought leaders, and attendees there. Let me let me ask one more question on that because I think it's one of the toughest things for all of us in this field is when we go virtual. Uh, again, executives want to engage with us for different reasons. They want to meet Nutanix executives. They want to meet and learn from thought leaders. They want to meet each other, you know, peers, and, and build that network. And I think that networking and community part is really the hardest when it's completely virtual. And so the first step, as you say, is how do we bring people together with an, a, you know, kind of a compelling experience? Yes. But then how do you sustain that community and the networking and the peer sharing and peer learning over time? So I don't expect to have a perfect answer for no, that. No, it's something we're trying to figure out as many companies are. Because yeah. Rob, again, comparing it to the in-person, there were organic peer-to-peer -peer discussions that happened during the class, in the break, other things. And right. they changed business cards, right? Right. We don't have that now. So how do we do that? I think a lot of it is giving them I think making making our community a destination place, not that they feel, oh, someone wants me there, but they want to be there, no. that they're going to come to our events, our activities, our CXO focused community, because there's information that will help them be successful in their jobs. And then they can engage with other thought leaders as well. So that is a very important thing, because that peer to peer, that organic you know, relationships that we all crave and want and help us in our careers and our companies. That's something we're still uh, trying to figure out in the virtual world. Yeah, and, and again, a little of this may be generational, right? I mean, the senior executives that we're, we're trying to reach now have been laggards with a lot of online and social kinds of activity and, and social community. And so it's changing. But I think it's it's they've been a little bit laggards compared to a lot of our other both employees and colleagues and so on who were living online. And and I think you also hit on it, EJ, when you make a strong personal connection and usually that's been in person, then you can continue it online. And so I think it's finding some of those powerful moments where people bond 
you know, and then it's a lot easier to continue with the networking and the peer sharing and all of that. So I think within these events that you're talking about, the, both the master classes, the bigger events, and even one-on-one, -on -one, we're all going to be working on this. Yeah. Absolutely. And <laughs> it's something as simple. Again, yeah. we're doing an event and off, we have a Q&A function. People can chat, ask questions. But we said, well, let's open it up and verbally. And then just hearing someone's voice helps you to understand yeah. or make a little more intimate connection. And yeah, if they're doing right. like we do, turn on our cameras for meetings, that's even a, a tighter connection. That's no, great. All right. Hey, let's let's wrap. Any final thoughts, any words of wisdom uh, for our audience, EJ? Yeah, I would say, you know, I'm optimistic about the future. I think that I've been very impressed how our company, our customers, other companies such as you have pivoted to it. And I think this has accelerated what was already happening in the industry, going more digital, going more virtual. And I think those leading companies are embracing it as challenging as it has been. And again, I'm optimistic for the future of our industry and those companies that will continue to um, demonstrate that leadership. Hey, EJ, thank you so much. Great conversation. Uh, continued success with the program and uh, I know we'll be checking back real soon. Thank you, Rob. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to C-Suite Marketing. I hope you got at least a few new ideas. Let us know what you think and send along any questions or suggestions for upcoming episodes. And if you really enjoyed the show, do us a favor and tell two friends. Do us another favor and check out our sponsor, Boardroom Insiders, a business intelligence platform that makes executive engagement easier than ever. Boardroom Insiders helps you close bigger deals faster. Learn more at boardroominsiders.com. And don't forget to visit us at itsma.com for more on this podcast and more insight and inspiration on executive engagement, account-based marketing, thought leadership, and other B2B marketing priorities. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.